All right. Let's let's get going with the podcast. Going live as promised, everybody. Welcome to another episode. How are you, Manny Garavino, your host here? The guy that's been bringing you comedy shows. Flower, Marty, Juanes, Jabo, the real Johnny Dice, Angler, Suave305. Thank you all for coming. All right. What's up, everybody? How are you? It's good to go live once again. Uh, it is currently Sunday. It's a very chill Sunday for me. I've been staying in. I haven't been doing much. You know, just writing a couple of jokes for, for your laughing pleasure. And, of course, within that joke writing. You know what I just realized? I did not plug in the microphone to the uh, phone. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to plug it in. And I want you guys to let me know if you can hear me. Okay, hang on. Bear with me. All right, testing one, two. Can you guys hear me okay over on Instagram land? Great, bro. Same, all same. Dude, are you going to be at Red Bar tomorrow? Yes, I will. I'm going to be there tomorrow. Uh, Just checking in with you guys. Give me some hearts if you can hear me over on Instagram live. Um, All right. So I've been staying in on uh, on today, right? I haven't been doing stuff. I I slid into someone's DM and then I got into Forex. That's when you know uh, her game is really good. When you try to mac it to her and then out of nowhere, she starts offering you like Forex or herbal tea or something, and you actually, like, join in on it. You know what I mean? You can hear me? Perfect. Great. All right. Uh, so today I wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, you know, why I became a comedian. In case you guys don't know my story, uh, I was bored in banking, and I decided to do an open mic. And boy, was that embarrassing. Let me tell you guys a secret on how to be one of the best comedians ever to live in your world, that is. Because, you know, who else is funnier than yourself? Am I right? Uh, humiliate yourself as much as you can. That's number one. You can't have humans without humiliation. Uh, so I humiliated myself back in 2009. I started doing comedy shows, uh, open mic style. Remember, remember that scene from Joker? Where uh, he goes on stage and he starts saying his mediocre jokes to a group of people for the first time. And then he has like that nervous breakdown right like that laughter thing and everybody's like oh my god what the fuck is this and then it kind of goes off into him like killing it for some reason maybe that's part of the hallucination that they were implying but i don't know so the first time i went up was at the miami improv and uh, i went up on stage and i was very drunk and i thought i was the shit right because i had a girlfriend at the time so my girlfriend was giving me constant sex so for some reason it got to my head and i thought i was the shit right when you got pussy on a consistent flow, you feel like you're the shit. <laughs> Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. And uh, I go on stage and the light, uh, you know, hit me in a certain way and I blacked out and I regurgitated some jokes. And surely enough, I was bombing. I was bombing for seven minutes straight and it felt like 30 minutes. All right. I think there was like two to 300 people in the audience. It was at the Miami Improv when it was at the Co- uh, at Coconut Grove on the second floor. You guys remember Fat Tuesday? You guys remember Fat Tuesday right across 
was the Miami Improv. I went there, I signed up, and I brought 10 people. And they all sat in the front row. It was my dad, my mom, my ex, her friends, some of my friends. And they sat them in the front row. And I'm there bombing, making an ass out of myself, saying my silly, unpolished jokes. And I remember I was so drunk that when I stepped up to the mic and I grabbed the mic and I pulled it, I slapped my mouth with it so you could hear the thud. And uh, yeah, uh, everybody knew I was going to bomb. You can feel the wincing. You could feel two to 300 people going, ooh, shit, this guy's about to fuck up. And surely enough, I did uh, for seven minutes, which the rules were, they're going to give you the light in five minutes. And in case you guys don't know what five minutes, I mean, what the light is, it's uh, someone flashing a light in the back of the room to tell you, get off, right? So I didn't get it at five minutes. And I'm assuming the reason why, the reason why I didn't get the light at five minutes was because whoever was in the back was like, yo, this guy is bombing so bad. Uh, it's entertaining. <laughs> and I don't know, let him keep going, man. This guy is really fucking up right now. Look, look how quiet this place is. This is the intermission. <laughs> this is a tranquil intermission between comedians. And then uh, the DJ then started playing uh, Hit the Road Jack. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Hit the Road Jack. And don't you come back, right? And I remember... Um, this is probably one of the most traumatizing uh, days of my life because of the, humil- the amount of humiliation I felt was, it was almost like I was tripping on acid on how humiliated I was. Like, I was like, I, <laughs> you know, you bombed when you go, when after a show, uh, people walk up to you, uh, the people that you know walk up to you and they don't even mention that you just did comedy. <laughs> It was just like, all right, yeah, it's currently 930. Um, I think we should go. Let's get out of here, you know. Did you eat yet? <laughs> oh, man, memories. And so uh, here's the thing. If you really want to be a good comedian, you have to experience that. You have to experience that sheer ego-shattering humiliation. Because once you get on the other side of that ego shattering humiliation, there's no turning back. I think think Hunter S. Thompson said it best. The other side, not many people have experienced it, but those that have can't really explain it. It's the other side. Let me see if I can find the quote. I'll read it to you guys so we can make like, we can make this a really cool podcast. So the other side, Hunter S. Thompson. Oh, no, it's The Edge. The Edge, Hunter S. Thompson quote. All right, here we go. Hang on. All right, so Hunter S. Thompson, he's a famous uh, journalist. He was, kind of a, he was kind of a joker back in his day too, right? Gonzo journalist. All right, The Edge. There's no honest way to explain it because the only people who really know where it is are the ones who have gone over. The other side, all right? So when you humiliate yourself, you go to a side of yourself that you didn't know existed or that society doesn't comprehend, okay? So that's the secret. That's, the, that's probably the biggest secret to being a really good comedian. You got to go to the other side where your ego is shattered. You're completely humiliated because once you're there, you're like, oh, wait a second. This isn't, 
This ain't so bad. What are people afraid of? Like, all right, I humiliated myself. Now what? And then when you're there, that's when you can be like, now I can say whatever I want. <laughs> now I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. And so when you're in that position, you can start speaking your truth through comedy. And, and you know, I've been doing comedy, I think, in September. Let's see. 10 years is 2019. 2020 is 11 years. 12 years in September. It's going to be 12 years. So I kind of like it. I kind of like the direction where my comedy is going because I use, with the story I just mentioned, I use that to my advantage where Miami just ain't ready for it. Like I started a comedy business in the city of Miami and apparently some jokes in Miami, they just don't land. So I love being in my position because it's like, oh, you guys need to hear this. (laughs) I got to write jokes for you guys because you guys are way behind with your sense of humor. And so, you know, I make fun of my city. I make fun of the women in it. I make fun of the guys in it. I make fun of the beach. I make fun of Brickle. I make fun of everything Miami and everybody's like, oh my God. Can you believe what this, this ain't comedy. And then I come back and I do it again and again and again. And it's amazing. And so you eventually become a nuisance to society until you get accepted. And a lot of comedians that got accepted through going against, you know, established norms or status quos, they become the most memorable. Unfortunately, they got to die first. Hopefully I get there before I die, right? Um, but look at like George Carlin. Now George Carlin was praised at his time, right? He was an old angry guy on stage. Tell him, George! Bill Hicks, Lenny Bruce, you know, these are the, you know, uh, Richard Pryor. These are the kinds of comedians that touched on certain things in their generation that was considered taboo. And now it's, it's almost like every, every generation has like this cycle. Man. Like people are just like, like they're so caught up in their reality. You know what the real nuisance of society is? It's not a comedian telling you, showing you the mirror. The real nuisance of society are the people that think that their perspective is the right one. Like how full of shit must you be to think that the way you see reality, oh, this is, this is the way I see it and it's the only way. Is it the only way, stupid? If you can't see anything past, <laughs> if you can't see anything past that thick skull of yours, how are you going to... <laughs> Look, everyone's full of shit, all right? Myself included. Everyone is full of shit. If you think that you're not full of shit, you're full of shit. There's no escaping it. <laughs> everyone's a hypocrite. Everyone's full of shit because, come on, man. If you live one reality, you can't live them all. Reality is so subjective. And people still think that whether they're left, they're right, they're straight, they're gay, they're male, they're female. For some reason, they think they're right. How silly is that shit? Right, Vice? Full of shit. (laughs) Let me get a shit emoji on the chat, guys, if you agree. Let's do a shit movement. And then let me, once I get enough shit emojis on the chat, I'm going to do a screenshot and then I'll post it on as a meme. All right. We, I, I want the whole thing full of like shit emojis by different people. Um, all right. 
yeah, so if you really want to be a comedian, guys, if you really want to speak your truth, uh, go out there and humiliate yourself. It's probably one of the best things you can do um, because humiliation sounds rough, but it ain't shit. No pun intended. Humiliation ain't shit, you know? All right, let's continue. Uh, let's get to the reads now that we're at uh, the half point of the show. This show is sponsored by Ellie Venus, who is a health insurance agent and a subject matter expert in the world of health insurance. So use him as a resource. If you've got questions, he's got answers. The people he helps the most are those who do not have health insurance because they believe it to be unaffordable. And those who do have health insurance and are complaining about how much it costs. He can help anyone, anywhere with anything regarding their health insurance. So call him today, 305 305- Three three five three nine four four, and uh, his email is eliu.dinas at ushadvisors.com. All right, thank you, Ellie. Uh, cancel culture is effing up comedy. All right, so let's get down to that part of the uh, of the uh, what what comedy really is. So you know, uh, remember back in the day, remember jesters. You guys know the je- how jesters operated. In medieval times, um, I I went yesterday. I went on a binge. You guys ever went on a binge on YouTube to like just learn something new? So uh, tonight, if you guys are interested, uh, I'm gonna follow me at Manny Garavito. I'm gonna be doing a a, po- a separate podcast, uh, and I'm gonna talk about the the roles of uh, com- comedians, you know, in, in a generational way. Because you know, I've been doing, I've been looking for like hours and hours. Even like this guy Jordan Peterson talks about it. I think I think I've got some pretty good info here. So comedians, when they come onto the scene and you know they speak their truth, they, what they're doing is like they're pushing the boundaries of society. And those that see comedy as like, thank you for saying that, are at, at kind of like the same intellect. I wouldn't even say intellect because com- comedians are also considered fools, but everybody's a fool because if you you know think of the quote like, uh, if you think you know everything, you're wrong. So like everybody's kind of dumb in their own way, right? But in order to acknowledge the fact that you're full of shit through a comedian goes to show that you get it. Like, all right, yeah, I'm not perfect and that's okay. And I'm full of shit and that's okay. And I'm a hypocrite and that's okay, right? Thinking that way brings us forward as humans <laughs> rather than backwards. If you think you're right 100% of the time, you're only bringing us back. You know what I mean? So I, in my opinion, I think comedy or comedians, they're, what, they're, they should be a social service, man. I think I've said this before. Like the same way somebody goes to the hospital to like, you know, oh, I'm sick, right? And they get like medical attention when they're sick. It's the co- comedy clubs and places to go see comedians should, or like in your timeline, you should follow a comedian to like show you the mirror and things because you're full of shit, <laughs> Hire me so I can tell you you ain't shit. <laughs> you know what? That's actually awesome, man. Like, comedians should be hired just, to, like, for example, like, think of roasts, right? Like, when you go to Comedy Central and you go see roasts, it's people, like, showing the mirror to each other through different, like, points of views, right? So the same thing needs to be done to society as a whole. Like, every society has culture, every society has definitions. And get this, all that right and wrong, moral, ethnic, ethnic, ethnicity, ethics, uh, 
religion, politics, like all these things are human made. Through the chaos, we try to organize it with these kinds of ideologies. And then a comedian just walks in and is like, well, 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 what do we got here? A bunch of opinions, huh? <laughs> well, you ain't shit. <laughs> Everybody's like, boo, boo. He's speaking the truth. Boo. <laughs> and this is us comedians. We've been humiliated before. We're just like, yeah, that's right. We ain't shit either. I'm just like you. Look at me as a reminder of you. We ain't shit. <laughs> oh, man. what's up, Kyle? So, Chris, Clayton Settle, welcome. You're talking about uh, comedians and the people they insult. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm going to be talking about this uh, comedy thing. You know what? Uh, I came across this uh, TEDx talk video. And then the godfather of comedy, it ain't Richard Pryor. It ain't Paul Mooney. Although in modern times, you can dub them as such. Uh, but the godfather of comedy is, uh, fuck, what's his name? It's not Aristotle. No, it's Aristophanes. Look up Aristophanes on YouTube and check out what he did. Was it the Roman? Was it the Greeks? I don't know. I saw the video. I was eating cereal at the time. I wasn't paying that much attention. But from my understanding, this guy called Aristophanes was the first person to write like comedy in a play. And then what he did was he implied uh, conventional wisdom through his humor by making fun of the politicians. And since the politicians of that time would always sit in the front, <laughs> his plays would like roast them inadvertently. And then everybody would like point at them and be like, ah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And so what he would do is like his plays bring down those high and mighty people. And then they bring up the common folk. Check out his story. It's actually pretty fascinating to see uh, where comedy comes from. Right. Uh, another, way, another place that comedy comes from was kingdoms in the, med in the medieval times would, would find these fools, as they would call them, or tricksters. Right. And they didn't wear jester outfits. This is something I learned yesterday. Jesters were jesters, but the jester outfit was considered like a hack. <laughs> Anybody during medieval times that wore those jester outfits with the three fucking little ringing bells, they were fucking hacks because they didn't know how to get laughs through their own intellect or wit. So they had to like dress up and be like, ah! And then people like noble people would walk around, look at this fucking hack. Write a joke. <laughs> so like picture like people that wore jester outfits were actually open mic jesters. <laughs> because wearing that outfit, what they were trying to do is they were trying to get cheap laughs, right? So um, the real jesters were uh, noblemen. Like, they were, like, regular people uh, in, in the court of the kingdom, right? Like, hey, uh, that guy, uh, Sam, yeah, he's pretty funny, right? He's pretty smart. And then, like, he would just hang out. Like, he, like a jester would just be a part of the entourage to uh, kind of, like, have this satirical eye of it all. And check this out. Like, I wrote some of the things they used to do. 
So like gesturing was considered a profession. And in order for that profession to be filled, the person had to be very intelligent, but creative enough to like be considered the go-to person to get like uh, an honest take on somber things. So like if your kingdom is about to go into war, right? The king would actually go up to the gesture and be like, all right, Sam, tell it to me straight that I fuck up. Surely enough, your royalty, yes, you did. All right, but here's the good news. Uh, you know, in the afterlife, uh, hopefully you'll still have your kingdom there. <laughs> uh, and the jesters were the only ones in the court that were allowed to roast uh, the king or the royal family or whatever. Like they were, they were the only ones allowed because if anyone else did it, it they're going to kill you, right? So they would hire these particular people because it was acceptable for them to speak the truth within the kingdom. And in my opinion, man, I think, I think we got to do that more with like authority. Like, like if someone becomes president, like within the cabinet, there should be like a gesture, right? To remind the president he ain't shit. I, bro, you know how much that is needed in society for someone to take that role and just, you know, just talk some shit. I, I, like, I, I, would be, I would be honored if I were like, you know, let's say, you know, Putin goes into office again. I go there and become his, his gesture. I'd be like, hey, you know, man, I don't know. You got the nuke. They got the nuke. How will it end? <laughs> you know, and just put a little comedy into that whole thing. Um, gestures were also apparently used in the battlefield. I didn't know that. I said, okay, well, what's up, G-Reds? Uh, DJ Rob C, welcome. Monsheree Danny, welcome back. All right. All right, let's go ahead and wind it down. Uh, gestures were also used in the, uh, in the battlefield, apparently. So, like, uh, I didn't know this. But apparently what they would do is they would roast the soldiers in the, while the battle was happening. <laughs> you call that an axe. <laughs> hey, 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 get that guy right there. Get that guy right there. <laughs> that guy ain't shit. Get that guy right there. There he is. Get him. And so they would like do like picture like, Jerry the King Lawler on WWF when he would like say all that funny stuff during a wrestling match. Gestures were apparently on the side of the battlefield, like <laughs> roasting the other side of the arm, like the, the enemy, to make them all emotional in the battle so that they can like bring down their guard or not be as tactful or strategic because they were just getting fucking shitted on the entire battle. <laughs> Dude, you can't make this shit up, man. All right? You can't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Jesters would provoke the enemy and get them all worked up. And then after the battle, Jesters were also hired to uh, kind of like alleviate all the wounded soldiers, you know, go into the, into the tent with the hospital, you know, like the hospital or whatever at the time and be like, ah, you men fought bravely. But not smart enough. <laughs> you guys are here. You're fucked up. Um, yeah, so jesters, comedians, tricksters, jokesters, whatever you want to call it, it's a social service 
that, uh, you know, like they were saying earlier, is being kind of like pushed back because now we're so sensitive. And that goes to show you as to why we need them even more. And with that being said, I'm only going to write more and more jokes on your timeline. So, yeah, you can't stop it. I'm all the way up. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning into the uh, Miami Comedy Podcast. Uh, we do this every day-ish. Yeah, let's be, let's be honest. We do this every three days or so now. All right, because, I, I, you know, I'm busy. Um, however, a couple of quick announcements. Starting July 8th, we've got a brand new Thursday night comedy room over at Tripping Animals at 8 o'clock. And then on uh, Mondays, as you know, Red Bar, Tuesday, Sweet Caroline, Wednesdays, Focal Brewery, Fridays and Saturdays at Fundamention, and soon Sundays at uh, Tipsy Flamingo. All right. So thank you once again for tuning in. Go to MiamiComedy.com slash podcast. Subscribe. And I'll see you on the next episode. Have a great Sunday, everyone.